0: Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Cherie Best. You're listening to the Just Love Them podcast. Join me on a journey to understand and find peace with those you love who have made different religious choices than you have. As people share their experiences, thoughts, and takeaways on this podcast, not everything will apply or resonate with you. Listen for what does. Take from these episodes what will help you in your life and for your situation. Today, I have with me my youngest daughter, Madeline, who also goes by Maddie most of the time. Maddie graduated with her bachelor's in psychology, and behavior and understanding people has always been a fascinating interest for her. Madeline admittedly says that she is a wild card. And she has dabbled in many different lifestyles, which she says has been a fun, painful, and exciting journey that has helped her grow into the person that she is. Welcome, Madeline. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Mom. So to start with, give us a little bit of background. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up, what your perception was, and and anything you want to say about that. I grew up. Just wanting to give everybody a hug. (laughs) Very,
1: very open. I've always been a very open person. And we grew up religious. We did all the things, uh, prayer twice a day, going to church. We, I thought that we had a very, a more strict upbringing. Now that I'm older, I understand why. And I understand it. But when you're that age, teenager years, it's very, it doesn't resonate with you very much. So sometimes I was bitter about that. But now I understand it. And there's a lot of us. There's a lot of kids in the family. So a lot of chaos.
0: So Madeline's the youngest of seven children. Yeah,
1: I'm the youngest. And I feel like you guys as parents did a really good job at trying to give every kid as much attention as you could. So I do feel like I was on my own a lot of times, but I did feel like you guys involved me a lot with growing up and I didn't really love going to church activities. I did on and off. I liked it a lot at some points and other points I did not want to go. I think it's because when I started becoming a little bit more rebellious, I don't want to do what I'm being told to do and if I don't want to do it, then I'm going to have a bad attitude about it. And sometimes when it was very an expectation to go to church or do certain activities, I kind of had a rebelliousness of, I don't really want to. And it just went on and off throughout the years of hating it and loving it.
0: That's true. I I remember that. I remember periods where where you really didn't want anything to do with it and you were almost angry and then other periods of time where you were very you felt very immersed in it and you were very very happy about it and yeah. and that went back and forth a couple a few times didn't it yeah i'm a deep feeler and so when i feel rebellious
1: and angry i dive into it when i feel a lot of good things i dive right into it and so I feel like that's something that's helped me grow a lot because of how much I feel. I get a lot of things from, I learn a lot of things from my experiences. When I was in the church a lot and very involved, I would just look through meaningful lens and just take meaning out of everything, even things that didn't have to do with God or religion. And I still do that outside of the church. Now that I've left, I left um, a few years ago. I'd say the beginning of college, I stopped going to church. And I think that's something that I got from you that you showed me is take meaning from things and have gratitude. And that's something that you totally taught me. I still have that even if I'm not a religious person.
0: Yeah, you totally do. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about maybe some of the things that were hard. Maybe if you have any stories you want to share or things that were hard I you know I'm totally okay with you sharing ways we screwed up and what we can learn from that. What stories do you have that you want to share?
1: Well, I have a couple, but one that comes to my mind is well it stems from the change that you guys have changed from. Acceptance is now something that is really prominent in our family relationships and I feel really accepted by you and by dad and growing up that was a hard topic and feeling accepted
0: because and we weren't we weren't um we weren't accepting yeah. we kind of were trying to strongly persuade slash force you to do what we thought was right right yeah because that's
1: that's what you wanted for us it's helped you so much and you wanted to see your kids happy and how you felt it so it makes so much sense yeah that i'm now that i'm older back then I feel like the church gives, or a lot of religions say, okay, God comes first. And they also say family comes first. And I feel like that gets really confused sometimes because people say, okay, God comes first and they kind of lose track of my family comes first. And they think that that's the same thing. They're both important. One doesn't need to come first past the other. And so growing up, I feel like God was first and family was important but now throughout the years I feel like they you guys have implemented both and I don't feel like I'm
0: second priority now
1: and I know that sounds it weird
0: before. you felt yes. like priority before yeah
1: yeah and so when I was growing up we would have like basically outfit checks to make sure we were going to <laughs> I was in junior high school where before we would leave the school we would come downstairs and dad would make sure our pants weren't too tight <laughs> And it sounds really funny, but it was kind of humiliating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, everyone at the school, like I already didn't have a sense of fashion and you're trying to fit in and you you'd come downstairs and these pants aren't actually tight at all. But now I need to go up and change because my butt's growing. I'm I'm (laughs) getting older and it's not appropriate, you know? And so it it was kind of a little bit humiliating to have that where you couldn't really wear certain things and like I understand he's just trying to keep his daughters safe and modest and so I would go to school and and that was something that like kind of bothered me and my sister some of my sisters and um, I kind of forgot about it until I was just entering college and I started figuring out I moved out of the house and I was figuring out what I liked exploring different options and I hadn't really had a lot of fashion options growing up. We had a lot of hand-me-downs. We didn't go out shopping a lot. So I had that freedom now. I can go wear whatever I want now. And I kind of went to the extreme of figuring out what I liked because I think that's what you need to do. You have to try something to know if that's who you are. That's what you like. And so I wore a lot of um non-appropriate clothing where <laughs> it would show a lot of skin and I liked it. I felt more confident in trying, trying new things. I felt like I was thriving. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when I would come home, I would walk in the door and my dad just looked at me with disgust. Like I was, and just looked at my stomach. I still stole my stomach. I still show my stomach to this day, but I just remember him looking right down at my stomach and just looking at me like I was a disgusting creature. Yeah. It made me feel gross. It made me feel judged and it made me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. I was just trying to figure out who I was. And I understand that that's hard to see your kid change. So I knew that every time I would go over that, that's probably going to be something that is brought up. And a lot of the time he would tell me, you know, go put on your jacket, go and I'd put on a jacket or I'd put on one of my mom's shirts. It got better throughout the years but it started to make me really angry and kind of standoffish but that was new to you guys that was something new that you hadn't seen from me before right and you were probably confused and like what are you doing why are <laughs> yeah. you dressing so extreme so quickly
0: yeah yeah Like
1: I understand people have to take time to process things that are different
0: change yeah but at the time it was really hard for you and it was really yeah. hard for us and you didn't know how to handle it and we didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, because you knew just had to handle you felt- were in you didn't know what to do with us.
1: <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I was angry because I felt judged. Yeah, and absolutely.
0: I can totally see that and I'm so yeah. sorry.
1: I know you are. And yeah. and I know that you didn't mean to make me feel that way. Yeah. It's just initial reactions. Yeah. And it's hard to see a parent go through like, it's hard for a parent to see a a kid change in ways they they didn't expect. Right. And for me, it took me a while to understand that because you're not just going to walk in and completely understand it at that moment. You just feel feel your feelings of anger. Yeah. You just feel your feelings of anger and, and all these negative things. And those times can be hard, but that's why time is such a good time is such a good thing for growth and understanding. And for processing things, yeah. you're not, if you're angry and y- your mind doesn't process something within, it needs time to process what's going on. And so that's why people act out when they're angry. Your brain typically needs 10 seconds to be able to catch up to what's happening. And so I've learned that time is something that parents need, that kids need, and for you to understand yourself and your own emotions.
0: Yeah. And even though, you know, dad didn't think that he was giving you that vibe, you totally read him like he was a book, you know, and even though I didn't think that I was giving you that vibe, you totally read me like a book and it affected our relationship in a negative way, which is so not worth it when you really sit and think about it, not worth it at all. Who cares? My child is what matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what what happened next or how did you navigate that? It bugged me for a while, but
1: I just knew that I was exploring myself and that I liked I felt confident. That change that I was going through led to a lot of other changes that I was trying to experience in my life. And that was kind of just the start of figuring out um who I am and and just experiencing things and I didn't know how far deep it would go, and I didn't know how I didn't realize where my life was heading. I would have not believed you if if I came to me later and said you did this and this. Wow. But and I'm about to share uh some of them, but I needed those things. Now after I'm out of the out of those things and I've learned, I wouldn't have changed anything. Wow. I wouldn't have changed any of it. So, I was in college and. I, like I said, I'm a deep feeler, and I struggle with depression, like many others. When I feel the depression, it puts me real deep into a hole. At this time in my life, I I slept a lot, and I started to get into bad habits of just not wanting to do anything, and I jumped straight in. I didn't want to, to wake up. I didn't want to go to sleep, but I was so depressed where I I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I wasn't drinking water, the basic necessities of living was really, I didn't have any of them, and I was just like in survival mode, and I remember laying in bed one day in my college apartment, and it was a really small room, and I'd been laying there for hours, I hadn't gone to bed yet, I'd been up for about 17 hours just laying in bed it was a dark small room and light started filling in the windows and light started coming in the room and I'd realized that the sun was coming up and I hadn't gone to bed yet I couldn't move my body I was so stuck I felt so stuck in my life where I physically couldn't move tears just started coming out of my coming out of my eyes And I felt like I couldn't even lift my hand to wipe it away. Like I was really not in a good place. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to be awake. I don't want to be here at all. And there were so many nights from then on that were that way. And soon it turned into months and then it turned into years. Yeah. And I was in this cycle for years where I I got addicted to sleeping. I wanted to always be asleep. I slept for 27 hours straight one time because I couldn't bear being awake. I didn't want to be in this reality, so I chose my dreams, my life choices. I couldn't hold a job, so I had to figure out. I was in survival mode, so I had to figure out how to make money and survive. With really the bare minimum. Because I couldn't do much. I felt like I couldn't do much. At that time. And so I started making money in ways. That I wish I hadn't. Um, Easy ways. Just to survive. And is going to dinner. With men for $200. And I never thought I would. Be there in that spot. Yeah. Never. And I didn't, I didn't do a lot of things in that area, but I would go out for dinner and, and just, just so I could make some money to pay my bills. And I was like, dang, this is easy money. Well, guess what? It also strips you. It strips your soul. And I did that for years and it was not something that helped my mental health. And I was further away from myself and my family I came to you and I always told my mom everything.
0: Always told my mom everything,
1: even if it's too much.
0: Yep, you did. You you still do. You tell me everything. And it's an amazing gift that you have to be able to be brave to do that.
1: But it also takes a lot on your part because I I laid some heavy things on you.
0: Yeah. Well, and I haven't always been in a place to receive that, but I... I, there came a point where I had to rise to the occasion. If I wanted a relationship with you, I had to be able to uh, let you tell me stuff and not act shocked or disgusted or um, angry, or I had to get to that point because I wanted a relationship with you so badly.
1: You always told me that you loved me right yeah. before I was about to tell you something you do something for me in conversations where if you want to mention god or something that you learned that maybe you don't think will fit in my our lifestyles are really different yeah you'll ask is this okay that i share this with you and you ask me if i'm okay to to hear whatever you want to say about you know church religion because you do that to me it makes it makes me ask you, is this okay if I share this with you? Oh,
0: I never realized that I do that. That's And then you do do it back. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We
1: make sure because our lifestyles are so different and our comfortability levels are so different. Yeah. You have shown me that you respect me. You don't necessarily, you wouldn't do all those decisions. I would, but you accept them. You asking me that shows respect of I want to make sure I'm respecting you and your comfortability. And therefore, if you're showing me respect, it makes me want to respect you too. And that's something I feel like people could really use in hard conversations about religion with their kids or hard conversations in general is I'm putting you first. I'm putting my family first. I love God. He's a priority. I love my family. You're a priority. But right now I'm going to make you a priority and ask you if you're comfortable with this. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so when I would come to you with those hard conversations, I, I knew they weren't good decisions and I could see it just hurt you to see the place that I was in was and it the decisions that I was
0: doing. I feel like I tried to keep a really strong friend, like my face straight and everything, but because you're so empathic, yeah. I think you could just see through me, huh?
1: Yeah, mom, you you (laughs) really you you would be genuine about that too because you love me and you wanted to be close to me. Yeah, and you did really good job at keeping a straight face and was just (laughs) wanting to be there for me. But I'm I am really empathic and I could feel like a sorrow in the background. Yeah, for sure, I could feel sadness in the background. Yeah, sometimes I didn't, and I was like, "Is she okay here in this?" Yeah. You did an amazing job at accepting me and loving me while I was telling you a lot of hard things. Yeah. I never felt you. shame from you when I was making those bad decisions. Well, in the beginning,
0: I was going to say, I think in there the was a shift. Like when you were talking about, like you'd come home and I'd be like, Hey, put a t-shirt on or put your jacket on or whatever. I feel like well, there was a shift from that time to, yeah. well, there was a shift. To help to making, I had to consciously be like, do I, do I want to have a relationship with my child? Because if I do, I need to change. And I made that. And I think that because of that, correct me if I'm wrong, but because of that, you were like, I can tell my mom anything and she's going to still trust me or not trust me, but she's still going to love me and accept me.
1: Is that true? That's the point in time where I started feeling comfortable telling you things. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was a massive shift. Yeah. There was a huge shift. There was. In how your relationship was with me. And your availability to hear certain things. Yeah. And how you handled certain things. And and honestly, in the beginning of me making some choices, bad choices in college, at the beginning, it was really hard for you to hear. Mm -hmm. And I told you, hey, I'm going to dinner with an older man for 200 bucks and that was not something that I was proud of telling my mom it wasn't something that I was proud of doing at all I was just trying to survive but at the same time I understood why you felt the way you felt was that hard to like what was your first thought when I came out to you about that
0: what what did you feel? do you remember I'm trying, I'm trying to think back. I, I remember uh, feeling shocked. Um, I remember even before that I had a little inkling that something was going on because you had a girl that you were newly friends with. And the two of you were going to go longboarding down the Canyon and we were dropping you off. And I said, Oh, to this other girl, I said, how do you know Madeline? And then you two looked at each other in the backseat, laughed and said, uh, we don't want to say, and that was my first inkling that there was something going on that I didn't know about. And and so I think then when you, when you told me shortly ra- thereafter, then I was able to connect the dots. But I remember being shocked, but I was already in the transition at that point where I had like in my very first podcast, I talked about, um, I had to get to a place where I'm just going to look for the good in my child. And I was already in that process. And because of that, I was able to just like put my blinders on and be like, I can't change her. She's an adult. She can do what she wants. She's not living at home. What is good about this child? What do I love about my Madeline? And I had to just, I had to, to have a relationship with you, Madeline. I had to let you make your own choices and stop judging you and stop telling you what to do. I had to. Or I was going to ruin our relationship. And I love you so much. I wasn't willing to let that happen. And so because of that, I just put those blinders on and I'm like, Madeline's life is whatever she wants it to be. What do I love about Madeline? And there's so much. There's so much that I was able to just tune all that out and just listen to you because you were willing to talk to me and have a relationship with me. I was willing to open up and you can tell me whatever you want. And I will still love you because I've told you that your whole life and I needed it to be true.
1: I love you, mom. I love you. And
0: I I love that you are always so willing
1: to have a goal to be closer to your kids, that you will do anything. You are someone who strives for change and isn't scared for change
0: and growth. Thanks, and it's been a process hasn't it <laughs> yeah, you've but, watched me but, grow up as I've watched you grow up <laughs>
1: yeah and it's cool because a lot of people don't change yeah. they think their ways are their ways and their perspective is their perspective and they don't need to change anything and that's one of the biggest problems that is so hard for people to accept their kids or or change the things that that is hurting them or hurting themselves or their children or their family because. You wanted a relationship with us. You wanted to be close and love and see the good. Yeah. And so you you started doing things and changing and trying really hard. At the same time, I'm really glad that you did. Number one, because that was hurting you and it was consuming you. Yeah. And you weren't happy. And yeah. I, wanted, I, I want you to be happy and I want you to be able to. So this is why I love that you're willing to change and grow, and look for different ways of living life and perspective, is because one is best for your family, and it's best for you, in yeah. your relationships.
0: And it's best that's for the, that's all of us. That's the number one thing I love about you. Yeah, it's the number
1: one thing I love about you. Aww. And if everyone had that, oh man, this would,
0: this world would be so different. Aww. It really would be. Thank you so much. Yeah. Madeline, you are such a sweetheart. I'm wondering if you have any other stories you want to talk about.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was getting into this one. So I have a specific one. So to continue off, it had been a few years, long story short, a few years went by where I was just nocturnal, not sleeping, not happy, so depressed. And I was done. I was, I was done making the money the way that I was because it was tearing me apart. And I hated men. I hated them. I'd been raped, used and abused. I'd been in scary situations. I've been hurt by the men I've experienced since I was a kid all the way up till then. And I took my name off and I decided I'm never gonna I'm never gonna work that way ever. I'm not making money that way. I have a goal to get better. I have a goal to wake up, show up for my family. I I didn't make it to anything when I was in that state. I couldn't make it to the store. I couldn't make it to my dad's birthday. I couldn't show up for my family. I couldn't show up for myself. So I made a goal that I wanted to change. And it took a while, very long time, but I quit. And then I met, I met this couple. It was a married couple and I really liked them. And I, and I wanted to date them and they wanted to date me. That's a really, um, non-traditional relationship, a triad. And especially with religion, dating a female too. Cause it was a male and a female. When I met her, I'm going to call her Jay. When I met her, I felt comfortable and I felt safe from all the unsafe situations that I've experienced with men. It seemed like something I really needed at that time. And I woke up to see them. And I, I was seeing good things in myself. Like, Oh, I can make it to things. I can go. I I am going to get ready. I'm going to shower. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to go see them. And I was seeing things in myself that I've been wanting for so long. I uh, loved that I was showing up for myself too. Eventually. I loved that what that relationship in the beginning started to do for me. So I was really excited about them. And I came to my mom and I, I, I told her what happened and I wasn't expecting what was about to happen because I told my mom a lot of wild things and she handled them really well champ to you seriously you're a champ (laughs) I just wasn't expecting her to be shocked because of all the crazy other things that I've said or I thought in my opinion were much worse and I stood there we were standing in your bathroom and I stood there and I was telling you about this and I was like I'm seeing this couple and they're making me excited and I look up at you and you're really your energy has shifted completely and you look like, shocked and, like, distraught. I, I didn't even know what emotion to, to say with it because it was all of them all at once. And I was like, oh, this is something that is hurt that isn't the easiest to hear. I went home and I realized that is something that we're going to have to work through because that's something that you didn't... It was really hard for you to hear. I was confused. I didn't understand why. I was really hurt because I didn't know why my mom was mad. I didn't know if she was mad, sad. I didn't know the reason we hadn't talked about it. I was so freaking confused. It was crazy. So I heard from my sister that my mom was sad. And every time she mentioned it, like you would cry and get visibly upset. And then I understood, okay, my mom, I don't know if she's mad at me, but all I know is she's really sad about this situation. I was sad that our relationship, we hadn't talked and we stopped talking a bit. We still talked, but every time I saw you, it was, it was, I knew that elephant in the room was there and it was uncomfortable. I didn't understand why.
0: So then I, then you thought you'd really stretch me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had, I had, <laughs> I had, <laughs> that beginning part was crazy. Yeah. Um, And I didn't think you'd ever want to meet them. And I, I For my birthday, I wanted them to come meet you because you and her, oh, I knew you guys would get along because she's a sweetheart and so are you. (laughs) And they'd helped me so much with like picking myself up, getting off my feet. And I wanted to share that with you. I just knew you needed time, but I didn't know how much time. It was longer than I expected. And then I called you because it was my birthday. I wanted them to come to my birthday. Mm -hmm. It was at your house, just cake and ice cream. And I, and I wanted to invite them. So I remember calling you and asking you, and you weren't comfortable with it. How did you feel? I I I remember,
0: I remember that I realized on the phone call that I was going to need to get over this because I I remember that I, I didn't say no, they couldn't come. I remember I said something like, let me get back to you. I need some time. Yeah. That's what you said to me. And I got off the phone and I thought, I have to figure this out. This is me. I have to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. And I did.
1: It was an emotional roller coaster for a minute. It really was. I was shocked the day that you called me. And I think it might have been the day before or like very close to my birthday. You, I, I answered the phone and you had, it was just positive energy. You hadn't even said what you needed to say yet, but I felt something really good coming from you. Yeah. A whole shift. You said, I've been really working on this. I have been trying to figure out a way to accept this and I want to love them as God loves them. And I've been trying to do that and I've, I've gotten there. I've accepted it and I love them and I would love to meet them i was so surprised mom that meant the world to me and you were genuine too yeah like i I don't know what you had been doing you told me later like what what you've been doing and it just surprises me the the length that you're willing to go to accept your kids
0: well because you're worth it because i love you i love my children more than anything you know like you would do anything for a child and that's that's how it is and in my very first podcast Mm -hmm episode, I tell my side of that story mm-hmm. and kind of how I get there. So if anybody's listening, who wants to hear that side of how I got there, you can go back and listen to that. But yeah, I got there and they came. It was great. We all got along. It was fun, <laughs> right? Is that what you remember? About yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not good at faking things at all. Like I can't okay. fake things. And so I really yeah. knew that if they were going to come, I had to genuinely be ready for it because I knew that I couldn't fake it.
1: Yeah. And you worked your butt off to get into a spot where you were able to do that. And, and you, you were amazing. She walked in and you gave her a hug mm-hmm. and, and I was looking at you and you, it was genuine and it just made, it just made my world that you met someone who I was dating at the time. And because she was a female, it was really difficult for people in, um, in religious standpoints to accept that I've had a lot of friends where they've come out of the closet and their parents disown them. And it makes me really grateful that there's an unacceptance for a minute in our relationship, but I feel very fortunate that you have the things, the resources, the mind that you do to, and the love for God, because if you, if you didn't think that way, if you didn't think, okay, I love this person just as much as God does. That is truly being connected to God. Like that is beautiful. I would love to see that in every person that has the, that is a part of a religion and to think the way that God would or love the way people like Jesus would, because that's what the religion is for is it's love, but it gets so mixed up with people's egos or things that they breakthroughs they haven't gotten over. And it's
0: more simple than you'd think. Yeah. Just love. And I think that is the perfect wrap up for what advice you would give to someone who's struggling with their loved one, who's making choices that are like way outside their box. You know? Yeah. I think that Mm -hmm. that counsel to, to just get to a place where you can just love them is it's beautiful. Is there anything else that you want to share for people who are, who may be struggling with someone who's doing things that are difficult for them?
1: I would say that the way that you communicate is the most important thing with your kid. The way that you say things, the way that you involve their feelings and make their feelings feel important too, instead of just focusing on like your own, that is a big thing that will help you with your, whoever, your kid not getting defensive, um, in conversations is really important and asking your kid, is it okay if I share this with you? And if they say, no, you need to respond positively. Okay. That's okay. I was just making sure because if you respond any other way, they're going to feel shamed and disappointment. And when your goal is to be able to be closer to your kid instead of get them closer to God. It makes them feel respected and valued. It almost feels like if you have a friend you haven't seen in a while and they ask you to go to dinner, hey, go out to dinner with me. I haven't seen you in a while. You're super excited to go to dinner with them. And they sit you down and they're trying to sell you into a pyramid scheme. I'm not saying God and pyramid scheme are the same thing at all. Completely different. That's just to get that out there. That's not what I'm saying. What would make you feel like your relationship with them. They only want to spend time with you for this objective. They only want to invite you for this objective. If you want to bring up, like if you bring up religion every time in a conversation as a parent, it's going to make your kid feel uncomfortable. It's going to push them away. It's going to make them feel like that's their objective. And, and I experienced that with my dad. He hasn't done this in a very long time, but I couldn't have a conversation with him without him bringing up religion and it started making me angry mm-hmm. and it started pushing me away. And I was like, is that the only reason why you want to spend time with me is to get me closer to God. What about our relationship? I want to spend time with you. And I think that's a big thing that really, that people in faith and religion that I've heard is a lot of parents bring it up every time they have a conversation. That would be a big advice for me is tone that down a bit make them feel like you want to talk to them instead of tell them you want them to be closer to God. They know, they know you want that for them, but that will push them away from you. You were right. that will make them feel very uncomfortable and uh, unaccepted. And that's something that my dad has changed and he doesn't bring it up anymore because he's seen that it makes his kids standoffish It makes their kid his kids not want to have those conversations and it gets in between the relationship. So I think that's important to have normal conversations with your kids about how they're doing without bringing up the religion if they aren't a part of it.
0: I love that. That is so beautiful. Madeline, I'm so grateful you were willing to come on and just be so vulnerable and real with me today and share all the hard stuff and the good stuff and where you've been and where you are and It's just been really enlightening. So thank you so much for all of our friends who are out there listening. Just take away from this podcast what works for you, for the people that you love that are making different choices than what you thought they would make or what you wanted them to make. Just take away whatever resonates with you and fits for your situation from all of the wonderful things that Madeline Maddie has shared today. Please tell others about this podcast. Anyone who you think could benefit, please pass this on, share it with them so that they can get past their pain and get to a place where they have great relationships with their loved ones. Join me again next time for another episode of Just Love Them.